You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another player who impacted the game early on is, have we talked about Matt Potra before on this podcast? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh come back to Guelph, right? He's gone. Yeah. yeah, I heard something about like a nine game trial or something. But um so he gets his fourth goal of the season. Uh this one is inarguably his prettiest. I mean, the one against Chicago is nice to showed his breakaway speed and went five full, but this the hands on on display here, um were were elite. Um, you know, poised beyond his years, really. And so he gets his fourth goal of the year, his Seventh point in 11 games for a 19-year-old. Looks like the Bruins, as we all know, have found a player. What do you guys think of Potra's game, and and who else stood out to you guys up front? I'll go first. Um, so that was a beautiful goal. And with it, what you kind of see from him is just that, he first of all, he sold shot first on the forehand, and then he was able to just very calmly just move to the backhand, put it in, and it – completely was able to fool everyone, the defender, the goalie. Um, and I think you just kind of could see his skill set in that he doesn't have to do anything fancy. It wasn't necessarily fancy and it was just smooth and, and uh, made it look easy. And he just looked very calm, which is kind of how he's looked the entire time, even though he's 19 and he's playing his, this was his 11th game in the NHL. Um, he, and the funny thing is now he has more goals than he has assists. He's got four goals and three assists. So we're talking about him as a playmaker. And I think unfortunately for him, he's, he could probably even have more point production if he hasn't been rotated as much as he has been. I feel like he's all over the place in every single podcast. We're talking about, Oh, who will he play better with And this on uh, in the Detroit game? He ends up with Frederick and geeky, which they've tried before, but they had moved Patra with Pasta and and Zaka and they had him with Marsh on different games. And I almost feel like he's found a way to impact the game, even when his line mates have been shifted around and, and chemistry has maybe been a little bit hard to come by for him because of all of the rotation. Yeah. And, and he does have an assist in this game too, on Pasta late power play goal. He has a nice pass from kind of like low in the left circle out to Pasternak at the right point. Um, yeah, he, you know, oddly enough, like in, in this game, he looked better on the, whether it was power play or five and five, the shifts where he was on a different line because I thought his actual line with Frederick and Geeky, I think they were very quiet. Um, Bruins got out shot seven to two when they were on the ice and they were out there for uh, one of the Detroit goals. I think the, uh, the fourth one where they kind of got stuck in the D zone and everyone's scrambling a little bit. And it seems like it was Frederick who messed up the rotation. Um, 
I say that because he did not get another shift the rest of the game. So I'm assuming that is Montgomery's way of telling Frederick and also us that it was Frederick who screwed up because basically like the, the goal scorer, um, David Perron sort of like circles out to like the left corner and then like up the left half wall a little bit and Shattenkirk passes him off and goes to the net front, which I'm almost certain is exactly what the defenseman in the Bruins system is supposed to do. They're not supposed to chase forwards out to like the right out, out to the elbow. Um, Frederick is supposed to be the one rotating off and he just doesn't and ends up leaving a scene pass wide open and Perron's wide open and then everyone's scrambling and it's a, it's a goal. So um, yeah, that, that line had as a trio had a pretty tough game, but Patra had, some good moments when he was away from them and, and with, you know, more creative offensive players. Uh, another player who I think is starting to step up. Now you saw it against Toronto. You saw it last night with a beautiful assist is getting his game going production wise is Jake DeBrusque. A uh, good sign for him as well that he's starting to find the score sheet. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think you, you see him um, just playing, more confidently and making more plays, um, you know, a, a similar kind of assist to how he ended up scoring um, his first goal of the season against that was the Toronto game. Right. I think. Um, but like he, he kind of cuts inside and makes a pass to a, like a nice touch pass to a teammate who's kind of gone behind the defense and against Toronto, it was to Marchand who gets denied and then Debrusque is there to bury the rebound and against Detroit, it's down to coil right on the doorstep. Um, yeah, he, he's, we all felt like it was coming. We felt like we, he'd been playing pretty well overall and, you know, the goals and points just weren't there. So I'm not surprised that it's coming, but, um, but yeah, I think there does seem to be like a little more urgency too, where he's, he's going to the net and he's getting pucks to the net. And, you know, we've said it before, like that's been a point of emphasis that the Bruins are going to have to score, you know, grittier goals in close. And he's now making some of those happen. And James Van Reeves, like too, in that net front has kind of delivered what we thought he could bring um, being a pest out in front of the net. And he's, been like that, not just five on five. And and he's been rotated around lines as well, but he seems to be able to, to find that part of his game in each um, line combination. And also on the power play, he's, he's on that top unit. Uh, as of right now, he's on that top unit uh, playing net front with Zaka. Have you guys noticed how Zaka is like, he plays the bumper, but he plays all the way at the top of the slot. Like he plays such a high bumper that I've, I've noticed it over the past few games. He gets, he gets the feed there. I don't know if it's easier for that passing lane for whatever reason. And he has a good enough shot to score from there, but I think it's because they're they're They have in Reamsdyke kind of low slot. They throw uh, Zaka up as like a very high bumper. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that or if I'm just crazy, but. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the goal of the bumper is to kind of, move up and down to, to try to create that, that, that passing lane. So I don't know yes. if I to too, too much beyond that. 
But I noticed that's where he takes his shots from the bumper is seems to be that higher area. And then looking for the net front tip or put like a rebound put in for JVR. Yeah. I also, I think that kind of relates to something we talked about last year. Um, Like remember, I don't know if it was late in the regular season or in the playoffs, but when Zach was getting time in the bumper on PP one with Bergeron out, we noted at the time that like he's a lot more active when he plays there. Like he moves around a lot more in general, whereas Bergeron, it was much more subtle movement because he's always just looking for that little pocket where he could get that quick shot off where Martian, you know, he finds a little bit of space. Martian hits him at the perfect time. He gets a quick shot off. Zaka, I, I think one that plays not there because Marshand into a left stick isn't going to be like, you can't get that kind of quick shot off and setting up that kind of shot. Isn't really Pasnak's game. Pasnak's more looking for shots for himself. So sort of out of necessity, Zaka has to be more active. And I do think part of that is popping out high, opening himself up for more passes and then either, either shooting for that from there because he has, as Pasnak put it, a rocket or um, or playmaking from there. But, yeah, I think it's all just part of he – I think he wants to play that position differently than Bergeron, and I think he has to as well. Well, And I, I think you mentioned it, and but it changes the dynamic of the power play, right? It, it makes everybody more shot first because with Bergeron in the bumper, you alluded to it, but Marshand is focused on being a playmaker, right? He's trying to find that cross. I assume to pass the for the one time, or he's trying to find that quick pass down low to the goal line to at the time, Taylor Hall or DeBrusque or Felino, whomever uh, Bertuzzi in the playoffs, or, you know, he's trying to find Bergeron in the slot. So Martian is now looking at himself as solely a facilitator, but now with, with the bumper play on the opposite side of the ice, it changes Martian's role. Now he has to be more shot first mentality. And obviously Pashnak is shot first mentality, so he's always willing to shoot. And I just think it, it presents more, more weapons. Um, not suggesting it's a better power play without Patrice Bergeron. I'm just saying from a stylistic standpoint, I feel like for this unit, it kind of makes everybody want to take a shot when it's there. Well, and, they, and they're clearly still figuring things out. I mean, they, they go one for four on Saturday, but they're still at under 17% for the season which is they're 21st in the NHL right now. So clearly still work to do. And I think part of it is they, they are still figuring out those roles. I think Martian, I think Martian still has to get more shot first mentality. I think there's still times that he's holding pucks too long or trying to force passes that aren't really there when he has a shot of his own. Um, So, you know, everyone's still kind of trying to, trying to find that right balance and find the plays that work for them. And now obviously having McAvoy out the last couple of games, Shattenkirk's the same, same side shot, but he's also, you know, he's a different player than McAvoy too. So that, that changes things again. So, um, you know, it is, it is one area that they definitely still have to get better though, because offensively they're basically middle of the pack team right now. And I think, that's not the end of the world when your defense and goaltending is as good as the Bruins defense and goaltending is. But if you're going to be like a true contender, eventually you got to have at least like a top 10 offense. It doesn't have to be 
you know, one of the top two or three in the league, but it probably has to be better than middle of the pack. Offense or, or power play? Both, both really. They, yeah. Right now they're mid, they're middle of the pack offensively total. They're, they're even lower than that power play. They're 21st. Yeah. Yeah. And in the past, their power play has always been a top, a top 10 power play. Um, still, even in those days, they would have some Jekyll and Hyde tendencies, but yeah, I mean, I guess what we were saying is like in theory, everybody should be shot first mentality. It hasn't happened that way yet. Um, and yeah, it is surprising. Anytime you have a power play with David Pashnik on it and Brad Marshan and McAvoy, like you shouldn't be that low. Um, Bridget, I have a question for the two of you regarding the, the bottom six, but I don't want to, if you have any thoughts on, on the power play to finish off or, okay. So, um, if this team is healthy up front completely, should Danton Heinen be a, a permanent fixture, uh, a top 12 forward on this team? If everybody's healthy, obviously Lucic is out, Lauko is out on the fourth line. Um, but and, and I know that there's a certain identity that fourth lines are often created for by head coaches, right? And a player like Denton Heinen might not fit that rugged, you know, fourth line uh, stereotype of a, of, a, of a, you know, physical four checker, whatever cause. Because look, like player for player, Denton Heinen's a better hockey player at this stage in their lives and Milan Lucic and better hockey player than Jacob Lauko. But but those two have a role to play and they play it really well when they're going. So if this team's healthy up front, um, is, has Danton Heinen showed you guys anything in his, in his three or four games? I think it's three. Um, that tells you maybe he should be uh, maybe a third liner on this team or maybe a fourth liner. I, so it's kind of a complicated answer, but it's also kind of simple. I don't think he's earned it outright from anyone. Um, so I think that he more than likely would continue being rotated in and out of the lineup, depending on matchups, depending on teams. Um, do you need a heavier fourth line? Is your fourth line going to be played more or less, um, matchup wise? I think that he's done well enough to not be like, to not make anybody think, including coaches and management that he can't handle it. And I think he showed showed flashes where they've even trusted him on the uh, on the Pasternak line. Um, he's somebody who's not super flashy, but does have some of his speed. I think that he's good enough to stay with the team as not necessarily. I won't even call him the extra forward, just one of, say, maybe two or three forwards that rotate in and out of the lineup. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. Like, I, I, I've i described Danton Heinen before as someone who will never really look out of place anywhere or really hurt you all that much. But I, if everyone's healthy, I like that fourth line of Lucic, Beecher, Lauko. I like the, the speed that Beecher and Lauko can bring, the physicality of Lucic and Lauko, and, and even Beecher, who I think has continued to play pretty physical even with those guys out um that just seems to fit better for me and then higher in the lineup than that i think i think i've seen more from geeky and frederick than heinen um and in fairness to heinen like he went a long time without playing in games and that's tough and i think you've seen that pop up at times these three games that he's played where you know there's been times where 
seems like a guy either closes on him faster than he was anticipating. He's had a couple sloppy turnovers or just like misplaying the puck, which can be a timing thing when you're just, when you're just not really in rhythm. So, you know, he's, he's going to get some more time here until Lucic and Loco are back. Um, And we'll see, you know, if he, if he picks it up, but right now I sort of view him as kind of, sort of like in just an ideal 13th forward. Like I, I will call him that um, where he can fill in. If anyone in that bottom six needs a night off, whether it's they're, they're dealing with something minor or maybe they just had a rough game or whatever, you can easily plug him in left or right wing and he's going to do just fine. But I think, I think everything with everyone healthy, I think everything fits together and fits your identity better. Um, with other guys and with him probably out. I agree with you guys both. I think uh, I think he's a perfect Swiss Army knife, 13th forward. And what's great about him is not all 13th forwards have that, like, can plug in in a top six role. Like, a lot of 13th forwards are like, all right, yeah, go play fourth line. If But I do like that versatility of him. So I, I don't have much more to add. I mean, I, I like him as a player. He does a lot of little things. And given more opportunity and more uh, consecutive games played, maybe he can outperform a Morgan Geeky or somebody like that or whatever. But I do like the size of Geeky. I mean, look, yeah, you guys kind of covered it perfectly. Um, I have another burning question for the two of you. But actually, but, well, unless, unless, uh, this is, unless I'm jumping ahead and stealing your question, but kind of along the same lines, um of the hiding conversation and how the forwards you know bottom six fourth line chase out i think oscar steen's making a case to, to stick around like I've, I've liked what he's brought for the most part you know a little quieter saturday but i think he's played well and um depending on how long he sticks around like the bruins might have a decision because i think it's if he plays 10 games he would have to go through waivers again. And if he's say he's played well in those 10 games, like, you know, teams might look at that and be like, Hey, this guy just played pretty well for 10 games. Let's put in a claim on him. He's at four right now. So you have, you know, still a little bit of time to go and it's possible that Lucic and Lauko are back by then. And he's already sent down to province before he gets there. But, um, you know, it's not it's not like he's played himself out of the lineup by by any means in my mind. No, but I think you answered your own question because they're not going to put him through waivers again if they don't have to. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think that they'll they'll try to avoid that. But um, go ahead, Bry. Hit your question. 